0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny XCast. Your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by just one of my gaming dads, but my dude, my man, the coolest guy around, Mr. Gary Whitta. Gary, how you doing today on a I'm Friday? Good. I'm
2: a, I'm a single parent today. Single parent today. So you got a lot <laughs> going on in the world.
0: Then I know. And I know that you. I, I know you can be a
2: handful. So <laughs> I, I, I have
0: to stay on my toes. Well, good because you know, as my single parent, my single gaming dad, today I'm expecting a lot of stories from you, Gary, because it's a Mike and
2: Gary day. So we're going to kick yeah, back. We'll, we, we're you know, talk we'll about the news, shoot the breeze. Yeah, we'll take it easy. It's Friday. We'll kick back. I like, I like to imagine that we're like we're on a we're on a porch yes. somewhere, at some night, like some place down in the south, like in a nice, like a like a nice summer evening. You know, drinking some drinking some tall, cool drinks with our feet like so feet up on our rocking chairs. Yeah, just Shit. you know. sharon maybe plucking on a banjo that's the that's the vibe that i want to go for here well let's go for that vibe gary let's kick it off hey man i see loodle's doing well
0: let's talk about loodle for a second what a a joke and a big number right there and then we got to talk about Wordle as well because like when you selling out big dog when are we getting that massive paycheck gary it's
2: funny so i mean for anyone who doesn't um because i wasn't on the show last week right so actually this might be the first time that I've even been on the X cast since Loodle became a thing. But, you know, just real quick, you know, Wordle's really popular. We created a kind of a parody of it called Loodle, which is like wordle, but only with kind of rude words. Um, and I expected it, it was created with me and my friend, um, Adam Nickerson, who of course, you know, uh, Mike works with us, uh, on animal talking and, uh, we've done some other projects together and, uh, he kind of took care. I was kind of like came up with the idea. And then Adam, kind of went away and executed. He's a game developer. You know, he went and did all the coding and created the website and got it up on its feet very quickly. Really impressive, actually. Uh, My wife, Leah, helped, you know, with some of the, you know, coming up with the dictionary, like how many rude words can we think of that are five letters long? And uh, we put it out. What is it now? Uh, Let's see, what day are we on? Like 16, day 16 or 17. Wow. Since we launched it, I expected it to be like a two-day Like People go, oh, you know, like dirty wordly. I get it. Yeah, funny. What's next? And maybe a few people would play it. It would be a two-day joke. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a few hundred, a few thousand people would play it. If a few thousand people played it, I would have been thrilled. Uh, we're on day 17, and we just passed 2 million active uh, users. Um, hey. And we also yesterday broke our single user record uh, with 352,000 games played yesterday. So wow. I don't know what to tell you. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's, it's blown up in a way that I couldn't possibly have, have anticipated. Oh, Yo, you're getting some engagement, Gary. That's really cool. And
0: yeah, big time engagement, high, big time metrics Fun, And I mean, that's so cool that you and Adam put this together along with your lovely wife. Like, that's really fun. And the idea coming along to, uh, you know, to kind of spice it up a little bit with the Wordle. But, you know, we're in acquisition season,
2: as people have been calling it for years. And that guy <laughs> from Wordle, he got picked Josh up by the Ward. New York Times, right? He's, he did the big time. And, you know, I was actually really glad to see, Mike, that, um, I mentioned this because the news dropped uh, when I was on Kind of Funny with Greg earlier in the week. I was actually really glad to see that the public response to it, for the most part, I think in the main, were mm-hmm. was, was in the main of good for him. You know, he created something yeah. really cool. He did it in the right way. He didn't do it in a cynical way. There's actually a really charming story behind the creation of Wordle that I'm sure everyone's heard by now. And uh, he ended up selling it to the New York Times, you know, which he was you know he was partially inspired by those New York Times Word games that he and his partner liked to play. And so the story just had kind of a really nice end with it being sold to the New York Times, and he, he's going to make a lot of money. Again, absolutely, he earned it. If you have a brilliant idea and execute it well, you should absolutely you know, uh, benefit from that if the opportunity uh, arises. And there's a few people you know, a little bit upset about the idea of the game possibly be going, uh, going behind a, um, a paywall. Uh, but I think for the, for the, for the short term, it's going to remain free. And uh, like I said, good for him. I couldn't be, I couldn't be more, more happy for him. I hope they pay him a lot of money. He earned it. That's wild, Gary, to see that. Like, I I know Wordle's
0: gone for a little bit, but it feels like the overnight success story, right? Like, that thing caught fire really quick, took over social media posts, and now you see that, the acquisition and the sale. How Mm -hmm. cool, right? Like, that's really, really cool. So, with you getting a lot of engagement, I always keep my eye on you, like, dang, Gary Whitta could be rolling it, money stacks all of a sudden.
2: Well, um, the, the, um, the, the, the metric, when I go to my Google Analytics, it will tell me exactly who's playing, where in the world they're playing, how many people are playing per minute, how, exactly how long they spend on the website. It's actually really interesting to see like wow. you know, kind of behind the scenes of a website, like how it, how it calculates all the numbers. The metric that I'm most proud of is our total revenue earned is $0.00 and 0 cents. We have not made a penny. Uh, off of the game, we're not selling advertising. You don't have to pay to play it. You know, one of the things that we really wanted to do was avoid some of the missteps uh, that some of the other Wordle clones. made. you remember when they first came out of the gate, there was one guy that kind of created another app called it Wordle, basically kind of an imposter app, and tried to monetize it by selling premium subscriptions, and and the internet just tore his head off because they they saw you know, a very predatory and cynical way to kind of rip off someone's cool idea. We wanted to make sure that people didn't think we were doing the same thing. So we kind of did all the same stuff that Wordle did, put it in a browser, it's not an app. Completely free, no obnoxious advertising or you know any kind of monetization at all. And all along, we wanted to make sure that we acknowledged that you know with, that without Wordle we wouldn't be here. So every time you tweet out your results, it says go play Wordle. And even in, oh, and right cool. in the game as you're playing, it actually has a link to the original Wordle game. Not that Wordle needs any help, you know, from us getting the word out <laughs> about Wordle right now. It's already taken over the world. But we wanted we wanted to make sure that we were doing it kind of in good faith. And that people didn't think, you know, we were trying to cash in or exploit it in any way. We really just wanted to make some people laugh. And uh, some of the stories I've been seeing on Twitter from people uh, playing the game and like having, you know, having to teach their mothers what certain words mean. Like it's a it's a vocabulary builder, Mike. I'll tell you that you will learn some words that you never knew playing this game. I learned some words that I never knew. Just in the last <laughs> two weeks, I've learned a lot of really interesting words. Um, and it, yeah, it's just been a ton of fun. And who knows how long it's going to last? We have enough words in the dictionary theoretically. Uh, to last uh, for about six months, there's way more wow, rude okay. five-letter words out there than you think. But I don't know. I, I, I suspect an audience will get bored of it by then. I keep saying like today's the day it's going to peak, uh, and then the next day I check and the numbers have gone <laughs> up again. I don't know, but uh, it's it's a fun it's a fun train to ride while it's you know while it lasts. We're enjoying it. That's awesome, Gary. What a way to kick off the new
0: year with something fun, some energy going on, and I love that you're paying respects to Wordle. The way you're doing it i love that zero 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 was up on the board that's yep, really cool yep. you're not taking any cash and it's just fun to see you smile and do cool stuff you know
2: i say i'm not going to earn any cash but i'm telling you wait until pornhub comes in with that big money offer i'll
0: be on the first train you're the best guy well let's also catch up you're my single dad for the day but you're also the big dad you got the new baby got the wife and the kids you're having mm-hmm. fun with you're the always whole family. working hard you got loodle like, are you playing games, Gary? Like what's the latest and greatest games you've been gaming on?
2: So um, what have I been playing? So I think I was we were chatting briefly before the show. I did have big plans to play Dying Light 2. I installed it, I got ready to go. And then I saw some of the, I, I, I was watching you guys play it and I read the Ars Technica review and the Guardian review and a bunch of others. I don't know mike it seems like the, the 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 word is on it that it's not as great as uh we had, we had hoped it sound like i heard somebody saying like, oh you know once you get past the first 12 hours it starts to get good i'm like I'm fucking 12 hours to wait for yeah. a game to get good i don't know what was your what, what were your thoughts
0: yeah it's funny you say that gary because i've been playing with friends and i've been playing it on the stream and it is such a weird conversation to be like hey some of like the cooler movement mechanics and like some of the combat mechanics are like really put out later on in the game right you don't even have a slide at the beginning gary so like the parkour feels good but it doesn't feel great it's missing some basic mechanics like slide wall run and so forth that are kind of put way deeper into the game but for me i really like the game right i am a dying light fan so i enjoy the parkour hack and slash zombie beat em up i absolutely hated the story and i despised all the bugs that i put up with that played into the story, that affected the story. And for me, I've put it simply of, if you're a Dying Light fan, you're looking for that parkour zombie hack and slash game right now to fill your February, go buy it. You're going to have a good time. You're going to get a lot of hours out of it, especially co-op has been a ton of fun. On well, the flip was... side, if yeah, you're sorry, really go ahead, looking Mike, for it, yeah, on the flip side, if you're just looking for a game and like you're semi-interested, this is that perfect go catch it on sale game. You know, right. I like to go on, buy a day one, catch it on sale, skip it. And for me, this is
2: that if
0: you're on the fence and you see the packed February about to have,
2: that's an on sale game. I know, and that's the thing. It's like coming into a meat grinder with all these other games out there competing for your attention. Speaking of a lot of game hours, I actually thought that some of the discussion around it, and it was prompted by a tweet that the developers put out. You may have seen this. I thought it was really interesting that they put out this tweet, boasting that Dying Light 2 um, to play through the game was 500 hours of gameplay. Do you (laughs) see this? It was a really it was a really interesting example of like developers kind of failing to read the room or get a sense of what gamers want out of games these days, because from where I'm sitting and maybe I'm biased because this is what I want. But what I see is a is a is a prevailing mood, at least at least from some quarters of people saying that they're a little bit tired of the games that take 200 hours to beat like they want shorter experiences that are manageable, that they feel like they can get to the end, have a complete experience and move on to the next thing that they don't necessarily want to get bogged down in 500 hours. Playing one game, like games, can be too long, and it was interesting because that clearly was the response that they that they then had to respond and say, "Oh, let's just clarify that five hundred hours is if you want to do like every single thing in the game and like every collectible, every little thing. It's not actually going to take that long just to just to finish the story. That would be much shorter." But I thought it did prompt an interesting conversation around the game of this trend of a lot of game a lot of game developers, especially at the AAA level, getting obsessed with. Size and mm. quantity, as opposed to quality, and be, and be, me, being able a brag about how many hundred hours, uh, you know, a game may take to complete is not impressing us the way it might have done back in the day when when games first started to get really big and open world, and is in fact a turn off for a lot of you. Say to me five hundred hours, I'm like, I ain't got that kind of time. It, well, it's such an interesting,
0: you know, dual sided coin here, right, Gary? Like the marketing team has a tough time, the game developers have a tough time I'm selling that because. I think what we want from open worlds is that big experience, that game that is gonna have a bunch of hours of content that I can keep coming back to and enjoy and get the value out of my dollar, right? But of course, on the flip side, you have another part of it where it's like, you know, whether it be game critics and game reviewers or people that are preferring a smaller, condensed, you know, little experience, when they hear $500, they're like, oh my God, absolutely not, right? Dying Light, in my opinion, I played a fair amount of the side quests, and I did the main story. It took me about 30 hours to beat. And when you talk about that movement and stuff, some of the movement unlocks didn't unlock until hour 17, right? And so it is a sizable chunk. You're going to get a lot out of it. But it is interesting, the day and age we live in, right, Gary? Like, my open world games, when I think of Starfield, I want 500 hours out of Starfield, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I, I mean, want, mean, yeah, Howard It, it depends on the
2: game. If it's a game, like for me, the, the great example is, is Mass Effect. If yeah. it's just if it's just like a world that you love being in, right? I just loved every minute, just being like feeling like I was in the Mass Effect universe, just exploring, just what going around doing stuff, and just feeling like I'm living in that world. Uh, then I'm happy for the game to be, you know, a big experience. But um, I think it's very, very rare that a game is so compelling that that it justifies every hour that it's asking you to spend in it. So that it's tough if you're if you're going to make a 500 hour game you better also make sure that it's not just 500 hours long, but also that those 500 hours are 500 hours that you're happy to be spending in the game. And you don't feel like you get bogged down in busy work or the game, you know, filler, you know, those kind of things that are often used to make, to get to these kind of grandiose, you know, play times.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, Gary, of like where we are with Dying Light, right? Because there's the gameplay side of it, and that's fun and addicting. Finding that flow state, running through the perfect line of parkour, jumping on a group of zombies and absolutely just hacking slacking them to bits right but then there's the narrative right and i think for some people like janet brought up in our games cast review she connected with it for me i was thrown off from it from missing dialogue underdeveloped characters to choices that just really didn't have the weight that i wanted to right it just was easy to choose one side or the other because one was really really bad and they were awful the whole time but asking me for help and the other side were just people that were just kind of walking down the side of the road, and it's like, well, of course, I guess I'll just side with them, you know. And so, I don't know how long does that narrative carry you, right? Can I get five hundred hours out of Dying Light Two on just the back of parkour, and zombie hacking, and slashing and alone, or how much does that narrative have to carry it, Gary?
2: Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's hard to believe that there's that there's a narrative that sustains you for five hundred hours of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Again, they said that it's not. That there's a lot of stuff outside of the story. Anyway, I just thought, like I said, it's a basically everything I saw my my i guess my the point i'm making is this my gaming time is so limited and so precious that i really resent having it wasted and even if i spend an hour or 2 hours trying to get into a game like if somebody says to me oh yeah, you've got to put like 8 hours in and then maybe or click that's a risk i'm not willing to take i can yeah. i could i could go play the artful escape twice in 8 hours right and have a complete <laughs> game yeah. experience um, or you know, find another game that grabs me from the off, and like I know within like half an hour or an hour. Oh yeah, like I can see myself playing this for a while. I don't want I don't want to spend eight hours auditioning a game to figure out if it's for me. And after eight hours, going ah, this isn't for me. That was eight hours wasted. I wasn't really enjoying it. I was Waiting for it to get good. It never happened. There 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 could have been a better use of my of my time. Okay,
0: let me tell you about two games that are worth your time. One. Embargo is now up and I'm allowed to talk about my experience. Ollie Oli World. Oh, Gary so yeah, I installed it. Tell me because that's my rocks. next game up. Tell yes, me this game stole my heart, Gary. So my first time ever playing an Ali Oli title. And you know I'm a big skate guy, right? Mm-hmm. Big Tony Hawk guy. I love extreme sports. And I was like, okay, what's Ali Oli World? Right? It looks like the side scroller, kind of like trials where right, you're gonna yeah. just want that one more try to be better. And it grabbed me right from the moment go when you turn this on. It's bright, it's colorful. It has really cool, unique characters and worlds around it. But the one thing that kept you going is the soundtrack, Gary. The moment it hits, you're just nodding your head and you're skating. Every single push is a blast. And they're fun and challenging levels, right? Like, they're very welcoming to beginners, which I am, right? They teach you the ropes. They tell you all about what you need to do to complete each level and the fun side objectives. And you just have fun doing every level over and over again, whether you fail or you succeed and you want to go for more, it's a really good time, and the character creator is top notch. You can really customize and create the character you want to see in the world, and you get to see some wild and crazy, wacky people out there. Where you're like, "Man, I want that," or "I want to look like that guy," and you can, and it's cool, Gary. It's really, really dope.
2: Yeah, I. Uh, that's. I'm glad you reminded me because I installed, it, installed that this week, and that's actually my my game that I want to get into this weekend because I think my kid will probably really enjoy it as well. Yep. Uh, I love the I love the 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 aesthetic. It looks really cool. Uh, I love games that have um, good music, you know, even a game that I don't like super enjoy I'll play if the soundtrack is really, is really great. Um, and yeah, it just looks like a ton of fun. So that's actually, I'm going to sit down with my kid this weekend and, and see if we can both get into it. Cause it look again, it, it, that, that to me is so again, that's a game that you're going to know in five minutes, whether or not it's going to be for you. Right. And you don't have to play that for eight yeah. hours to, to wait for something to click. You know, it's just there. The appeal is right there from the beginning. So Ollie Ollie world, I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad you reminded me. That's that's on deck for this weekend. But it's perfect pickup, put down, pick up again yep.
0: game whenever you yep. need it. Up next, Gary, a game that stole my heart and we haven't been able to talk about much on our podcast, but I did talk about over on a post-show, Rainbow Six Extraction, game. Yes. This game is better than the reviews, in my opinion. This yeah. game is good. This game is great, Gary, and it's a ton of fun to play, whether it be solo or with your crew of three. Like, it's tactical. It's collaborative. It's fun, it's exciting, it's heart-pounding action, and, like, they did a really good job where we're coming off of Back for Blood, um, Aliens Fire Team Elite, right? You think of yep. World War Z and these other games, yep. and yep. it's just a different lane of those kind of just hang out and have fun with your friends, zombie shoot em up game, right? And, like, this is perfect because you have two options. You can zone out, murder a bunch of aliens, and hopefully make it through the level, or you can be like, yo, let's take a deep breath, Let's be real tactical about it, just like
2: in right. the E3 presentations. Right. And it's fun, Gary. It's a good time. Yeah, so I played it a little last weekend with uh, Khalif and um, my friend Chastity from Ubisoft, who works there. Yeah, and because she works there, she had been playing the game for a while pre-release, and she already kind of like she really knew how to play the game. So she was kind of our squad leader, saying, "Okay, you're going to want to do this," and uh, she she was kind of taking care of us and making sure that we because it's my first time playing. And, yeah, how many times have I said to you on the podcast, like, I really hope that Rainbow Six Extraction is going to be good, because it's the kind of game that, I, if it is good, I'm going to love it. Uh, but there hadn't been a lot of chatter on it uh, prior to release. And then it was, I was surprised, because when it came, when it initially dropped, a lot of people were talking about how much they were loving it. I was, oh, maybe it is good. And then the, but then the reviews ended up being more of a mixed bag. So I don't know. All I know is, I don't care what anyone else thinks. My question is, do I enjoy playing it? And I, and I loved playing it. What I like about it is it's a very different vibe to all of those other squad-based horde shooters that are out there, which are, you know, yeah. whether you talk about Z, what was the aliens fire team, um, uh, back for Blood, you know, we talked about all of these kind of games that are out there right now. And those are all very much about like mayhem, right? Just mow your way through hordes and hordes and hordes of zombies. And of course that's, ton- that's tons of fun, we love that. That's why those games are really popular. But this is a very different approach. This actually takes me all the way back, I'm gonna show my age here, to the very, f- to the beginning of the Tom Clancy gaming franchise, all the way back yeah. to the original Rainbow okay. Six. Make me play. The original Rainbow Six on PC Back in the late '90s, when I was editor of PC Gamer, we used to play the hell out of that, and it was kind of. I think they kind of revisited it a bit with you know what they have now, which is Rainbow Six Siege. But the Mm. original original Rainbow Six on PC was very very methodical and tactical before you could even kind of go into first person mode there was like a blueprint like planning the siege mode like okay you're going to come in through the top window i'm going to come in through this door everything's going to be coordinated before we go in and it was very tactical it was one shot kill you know you couldn't afford to make a mistake it was very grounded very real and that was a different energy for shooters you know uh, at the time and it's a different energy again now in this genre where so many of these horde, horde shooters are about mayhem 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 just like you know bullets and flamethrowers going off everywhere and again we love that what i like about this is very different energy it's very tactical it's very methodical if you don't think about what you're going to do next and if you don't have good teamwork with your other two squad mates you're going to get in trouble real quick right and that's that's the vibe that's what i like about it
0: i like that guy and man you make me think back on the legacy of rainbow six right i i was a big fan of Vegas. I love love Rainbow Six Vegas. What a great time. You get dashes of that in Siege, right? You can see the evolution of where they went from Vegas, and even when you're bringing up the old school ones on PC, and it's just like, what a storied franchise. What a a lot of great games in that from my childhood that I love, And I still get a taste of that with Siege, and now definitely with Extraction, which is just the perfect team up with your friends game. But yeah, my final one, while we're just kicking it here on the porch and we're having some fun, it's February, Gary. And you know, it's not October... December anymore now in the gaming world we're dropping games in spring all year February around. and March all year round Gary 24 7 365 February's hot February's hot right now what games are you excited for because I think a lot of people they get to hear us but like they don't really know what Gary Witt is into and so February is a perfect one of like there's a lot of games this month are there any that stick out to you like yo this is the game I'm playing y'all get ready
2: so I know everyone's talking about Elden Ring as the big one, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm definitely interested in that. The George R.R. R. Martin um, you know, collaboration on the story side is really uh potentially exciting and and interesting. And it look it looks really, really cool. And it's probably the most hyped game that's coming out in the short term. My only my only worry about it is because it's from software and I've never played any of these Bloodborne Souls games because, you know, I don't like games that are too punishingly uh, difficult is if if any of that is present in this game, it's one of those games where you're constantly dying and you got to p- fight the boss 500 different times to figure out like how to defeat him. It's not going to be for me, so I won't know until I get my hands on it. I'm a little bit concerned about the from software of it all, but as a big open world kind of fantasy original piece of storytelling like, you know it could be really interesting so i won't know until i get my hands on it but i'm, I'm definitely it's on my radar for sure what else is coming out in february remind what are the other big ones yeah we got a big month of february so coming up next
0: we have sifu and horizon and then the end of the month we will go to elden ring so you got some other games coming out this month as well to look forward to
2: i know leah is is uh is very excited about getting her teeth into the new horizon because she loved the first game absolutely loved it um and sifu is it because i I love these i love these kind of martial arts brawler type games that looks really really fun uh to me as well and again elden rings the big one but again the issue is like just the backlog you know i mean it it, it happens all the time right it's like yeah i'm going to play this game i'm going to play this game but then the next bright shiny object comes along and kind of like jumps it in the queue and there are some games that i really want to play but never seem to kind of make it into position a where that's the next game up that i'm going to play so I mean it's it's an embarrassment of riches but you know this has been a problem for a while there's just too much especially again especially with game pass especially with all the different ways to kind of get games now there's just there's there's, there's too many games and not enough hours in the day not enough hours and there's still some more to add to that right you got destiny's
0: coming out with their expansion which we're going to talk about bungie in just a little bit here then for you yeah i'm going to go wild on you i'm gonna get kind of nerdy okay get ready to join me at the table because i'm going to check out total war warhammer 3 gary widow i'm gonna check that out and see if i can connect with warhammer which i'm excited about and finally i know it's not in february gary but you know i love to get you amped up and maybe getting ready to get a little tricky in march you and i are going to be shredding the slopes and shredders and they continue to come out with great teaser videos where they partner up with pro snowboarders they just linked up with gimbal god and gary let me tell you about the gimbal god really quick let me tell this podcast about the gimbal god you know all those epic shots you see from old school warren miller movies to new age snowboard flicks or the x games where somebody's right behind the pro stunter doing all the jumps right yeah that getting those amazing
2: shots correct
0: that's the gimbal god gary that's what he's known for so this guy is like the cream of the crop when it comes to filming pro athletes especially snowboarders and skateboarders because he's right behind you and he doesn't miss you know and so they teamed up with him he did a couple of lines with the team over at shredders and it just continues to look good it looks better and better every time gary and i cannot wait to get my hands that's on good this i always open. find
2: my creativity improves after i've done a couple of lines so, <laughs> so i'm expecting i'm expecting uh, good good things um no so i as you know mike i've been... <laughs> I've been ch- I've been chasing that SSX vibe ever since the original. Do you need a moment? No, I love it. I love it. keep going. I've been, I've been chasing the SSX vibe that I love so much ever since sx three on the original Xbox. You know how I, how I always talk about SSX and how much I'd love to bring that back. EA looks like they're not going to bring it back anytime wow. soon. So you know we gotta we gotta we gotta find that vibe I elsewhere. I, I tried Riders Republic. I thought you know it was really polished, really slick, but it didn't quite stick with me. Um and this and this is the next. This is the next big hope, right? And so it just, I, it's just got to. If if it can make me feel the way that SSX three made made me feel back in the day, then I'll be all over it. I'm de- I'm definitely excited to to try it out because it's the ne- like I said, it's the next big thing to hope for for, for gamers like us who love those kind of extreme down the slopes, you know, experiences. And it's it's not we haven't been very well served over the years with those like Amp went away. Like you know, are they ever going to bring back Amped? Um, you know, SSX is gone. Like those, these kind of games, you'd think they would, there's a genre that would be that would be better served, especially when we, you know, we all know how much like people love Tony Hawk type games. Like why not bring that, why not bring that vibe over to the, uh, to the, uh, you know, the winter sports, you know, the winter Olympics starting this no week. Doubt. Like there's a lot, yeah, you Get ready. this is the excitement. And so I, and so, but shredders is really the only one that we get to, uh, hope for. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this is another one that I really hope will be good. Cause i I'll spend a lot of time in a game like that if it's good.
0: Good. I can't wait to shred the gnar with you. Let's jump into it though, Gary. We got to hang out on the porch. Now let's talk about the news. Of course, this is the kind of funny X Cast we post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget that we are now Epic Games partners, which means if you are buying V-Bucks in Fortnite, if you're upgrading your car in Rocket League or Going out and buying the greatest new releases on the Epic Games Store on PC, please use our Epic Creator code at checkout. Kind of funny. It's no additional cost to you, and you can support the team in a brand new way. When I talk about support, Gary, I love to give a big thank you to our Patreon supporters, the people, the hard hardworking and men and women who go out and support us over on Patreon, just like our Patreon producers for the month of February. Thank you to Gordon McGuire, James Davis at James Davis Makes. Prankski, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. So well, thank you all so much for your support on Patreon. Finally, The Kind of Funny X-Cast this week is sponsored by DoorDash, but myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Gary, let's talk about the news, and we got a really great one because Phil Spencer is about to be honored with a great award coming up very, very soon. Phil Spencer is set to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award at the 25th Annual Dice Award. So coming over from the blog post, it reads, The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences today announced that Phil Spencer, CEO of Microsoft Gaming, will be the recipient of AIAS Lifetime Achievement Awards. Phil Spencer will be honored at the 25th Annual Dice Awards Ceremony, which will be held at Mandalay Bay Resort in Las Vegas and live-streamed on Thursday, February 24th at 8 p.m. Bethesda Game Studios game director and executive producer Todd Howard will present the 2022 Lifetime Achievement Award to Mr. Spencer. Gary Whitta, you're a man that has won multiple awards. This is a big-time award, a big-time honor for Phil and the team over at Xbox. What kind of things are you thinking about when you were receiving your BAFTA awards? (laughs) Um...
2: You know I'll, I'll i'll say this about phil the one thing that i saw when they announced that this week just from watching the the twitter chatter was like the um the number one sentiment that i saw was well deserved and i and i I agree with that i think it is well yeah. deserved if you look at what phil inherited we, we we've talked about it a lot on this on this x cast the um the xbox one era was not a successful era for microsoft it just wasn't it was you know it was it was kind of the dark era. the first xbox was successful the 360 was fantastic uh, and then they and then Xbox One they just kind of drove the car uh, into a ditch, and so by the time they had that management shakeout, and Phil Spencer inherited all of all of that stuff, he really did inherit kind of a wounded brand, right? You know, the Kinect and this kind of misguided all things to all people. Plug your cable into it, you know, uh, Xbox Television Studios and all this other stuff that they shut down, and people didn't want like that. Really, you know, kind of harmed the brand, and they lost a lot of ground to to Sony. And um, if you look at basically the short version of this, if you just look at where the Xbox was when Phil inherited it, which was not in a great state and look at where it is now and the way that people talk about Xbox, not just because of all the big, you know, aggressive acquisitions that have been grabbing the headlines recently, but you know, the game pass strategy and refocusing the hardware on the games and, you know, the series S and all these really, really smart ideas that they've had, and just a general sense from Phil that he genuinely gets this stuff and he really loves this stuff and you know he's not just like you know another suit but like he really does believe the stuff that he's telling you um and is doing it in a sincere way i just i just think he's been a terrific uh tonic uh for for microsoft and the xbox brand and as a and as the games uh for the games industry as a whole i think a lot of people these days in in leadership in video games uh, look to phil and go we need to we need to do we need to do more of what he's doing like that's this is increasingly becoming uh a model for just kind of like good leadership and and good stewardship of a gaming franchise so yeah thoroughly well deserved just a genuinely nice guy as well i've told you the animal talking story a million times uh, he just always comes across as a very authentic down-to-earth guy and yeah well-deserved couldn't happen to a nicer to a nicer guy
0: yeah congratulations on behalf of the x cast and kind of funny crew phil spencer and all of the team over there an awesome, an honor, and uh, you are the GOAT, so keep it up. Of course, Phil, you know him, he's a team player, right? He's all about the team. And so he went and responded to that tweet, Gary, with the people we work with are the most important part of any progress. This is so true for me. Not only members of Team Xbox, but also players, partners, other platform holders have all helped me learn, grow, and realize the opportunity we have. Thank you. So a really nice tweet out there responding to that. And of course, we will see Phil over at the Dice Awards uh, coming up on February 24th to receive this Lifetime Achievement Award, which is a really, really special one and really awesome to see Phil and the team. And you brought up where we were, what he's done, and the great accomplishments. So congratulations, Phil. Can't wait to watch that, hear the speech, and of course see what Todd brings to the table. I'm sure Todd will have some jokes, have some fun stories between him and Phil before he hands off the award, which will be great. Let's keep it rolling gary we got a fun one and this is right up your alley because you used to be a gta role player and we now have for a a short while yeah (laughs) you you were you were you a wild one but we now have actual confirmation from rockstar that gta 6 is now in development so coming from the blog post regarding gta 5 and the next gen edition of course down at the bottom it says what's next with the unprecedented longevity of gta 5. We know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in Grand Theft Auto Series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto Series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready, so please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, We thank you all for your support and cannot wait to step into the future with you, Rockstar Games. So there it is, Gary. That's like the first official confirmation from the actual team there. We've known that GTA 6 is clearly gonna be on the horizon, what's next. But we also know that GTA 5 just continues to sell well and we are getting the next gen version coming up very, very soon. And GTA Online continues to dominate the landscape. And so I bring it up to you. Let's first talk about the development right it says that development is well underway so where are we Gary where are we in this timeline of GTA
2: 6 how far do you really think it is away well first of all I thought that this the, the reaction to the announcement um this week really illustrated just what a massive shadow Grand Theft Auto casts over the entire entertainment landscape not just gaming but like all of entertainment uh because of course, we already knew they were making GTA 6. Like, gee, I wonder if they're going to make a sequel to the <laughs> biggest money-making entertainment property in history. Of course, they. And we all know that everyone's talking about GTA 6. So we, we've been talking about, oh, is GTA 6 going to be? It's not a question, are they doing it? It's like, what's it going to be? Is it going to yeah. be back to Vice City? Is it going to be Liberty City? Are they going to go someplace new? What, what's going to be the time frame? Like, we, we're basically having these conversations already kind of like baked in that of course the game is happening, right? We, that, we're past that. We know we don't need an official announcement from Rockstar. Of course they're doing GTA six. We'd be shocked if they didn't. Um, and yeah, even with all of that certainty, the, the actual announcement, just the nod from Rockstar was treated like massive, massive news because yeah, it is massive news. That official confirmation means everything, but you raise an interesting point because what I was saying is like, okay, so why, why this week? Why now? right oh what what prompted them to break cover and and officially make the statement which they knew would get you know a million news hits yeah we are we can confirm we're working on gta 6. (laughs) like it's not like there was sometimes this stuff happens because there's a leak and they need to respond they need to get out in front of it or whatever but this seems to be that's completely unprompted like there wasn't anything big happening in the gta world you know more than normal you know it's just another week and they and they come out of nowhere and uh and and drop this news which is again hugely consequential for gta fans and you know anyone who's interested in video games or entertainment it's just, it's just a massive piece of popular culture at this point so i'm curious to know like what the what the behind the scenes maybe they just they were just like fuck it should we just tell them we're doing it like mm. maybe it wasn't that big a deal or maybe there was some more thought put into it i don't know but it, it it's it's nice to know that we're officially off and running, and that uh, you know the next thing we see is probably going to be something substantial, like you know some visuals, a sense of what the new game might be about, yeah. where it might be set. Just like the, it's it's going to start to take shape now, and it's going to be exciting. Like they, the very first thing they they mentioned in that um uh that statement was that they acknowledged the longevity of the first game, right? I mean, this is a mm-hmm. think about it, this is a, this was an Xbox 360 game, right? We're two generations past that now. And it's still hugely, hugely popular. It's still, you know, it's like, it's all, is it ever out of like the top 10 selling games? It's always, people are still buying it. It goes on sale, people grab it. You know, there's obviously a massive, massive long tail through Grand Theft Auto online. They just had that huge, you know, content drop with Dr. Dre and the GTA is still like, things are happening like all the time. The role-playing servers are super, super popular. Uh, G- Rockstar, I'm sure, is making tons of money, you know, with the microtransactions and, you know, buying the in-game currency and that kind of stuff. So it, it is kind of crazy to see just how much of a lifespan GTA V has had. And that is the reason, at least in part, I'm sure, while we've had to wait so long for GTA 6, this is like, why bring out a new one when you can just let the existing ones sit there and continue to make money for it, like p- basically perform at the level of a newly released game every week week after week year after year i mean it's crazy um but yeah like let's go back to the beginning it was in, we we knew they were doing it but it's still nice to know for sure you know you bring up a good point gary it's february 4th
0: 2022. why today why this week right what is the situation where we got to talk about grand theft auto 6 or the next entry now right we're nearing almost a decade of Grand Theft Auto Five that came out in 2013, Gary. Yeah, So, yeah. you know, is this a nod of like, hey, maybe this summer we get the big title card and the splash screen and maybe a name. Maybe is it another year and we get to see gameplay and the location and maybe a release on a decade after GTA Five? Or could I really, after this nod, will they really go silent for another two to four years waiting to release this? It's wild to think, Today, you brought up a good point.
2: Today, yeah, who knows? It, why, it, you know? it could have been a share. It could have been like a corporate thing, like a shareholder thing. I don't know, because again, news of this level falls into the top. I haven't checked take two's uh, uh, stock price today, but this is the kind of thing where when they announce that it can move the share price of the parent company. Mm. So, you know, this is potentially, you know, it's, 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 it's big. It's big business news. It's big industry news. It's obviously news. that's hugely, you know, consequential to fans of of, of the series. Uh, again, we, um, who knows the reason why? Rockstar is one of the most opaque companies in the business, right? We, just, they, we never really kind of get to see behind the curtain. We don't know why they make the, the decisions that they make. They're always very, very quiet, very circumspect. They don't court PR. They don't need it, right? People are, people just eat up everything that they do. They don't do a ton of press or interviews. Like, does Rockstar even have a PR person? I honestly don't know. Um, they don't need one, right? They just put the games out and and and, and then print the money. Uh, so it's, 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 it's interesting. Uh, again, the, the, the why of it, there could be any number of reasons from the innocuous again to like the more kind of business focused. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, it's, it's, it's up there for me. I mean, if you, if you could magically, uh, you know, propel yourself forward in time to the release date of any one game in the future, I don't know for me I, i'm pretty sure it would be GCA 6 oh no doubt gary yes the game i mean the games always
0: rock is right that's they absolutely crush it with that but let's play the game again what do you expect gary so i have two big questions for you let's first talk about the setting because i thought of you today again because you and i have talked about where is the setting right will it be here in america will they stick with that culture or could we go outside the borders and create something new? And I kind of thought of the East. I thought of Sleeping Dogs. I thought of Yakuza, yeah. maybe Japan, right? I thought, man, I could, I would be into that. I don't want to go to Europe, Gary. And I know I said this about Forza Horizon Four as well. I don't want another Sleeping Dogs, Gary. We just had sleep or uh, we just had Watch Dogs Legion. My apologies. I'd rather go to Japan than Europe. But I want to know what's your vibe? Do you think we got to stay in America on this, or can we go outside the borders? And can it actually have? A staying power, like the others.
2: Other than, um, other than, wasn't it like GTA Two that was in London? I can't remember. But uh, for the most part, you know the the iconic locations that everyone mm-hmm. knows are Liberty City, Vice City, and then the cities of San Andreas, right? You know, primarily Los Santos. So. I I I was saying all along, for the longest time, I was saying I want them to go back to Vice City because I just love that vibe. They're kind of the neon, the pastels, the kind of the 80s Miami Vice vibe. We just enjoy that so much. Um, but I kind of, like, I don't think they'll go back to Liberty City because they were there, they they were there, you know, not long ago. I don't think they'll do another, a, another one in San Andreas because they've spent yeah. a ton of time there. I would like to see them go somewhere completely different. Like, let's introduce a new city a new fictional city to the GTA universe. And that could be a city in America. It could be, maybe it could be Latin America. Like you said, it could be, um, in, uh, in Japan, in Asia. Like, you know, it would, it, I think it would be really interesting in terms of bringing like a more international vibe to it. At the same time, there is something very quintessentially American about GTA, even though it's made in Scotland, right? There's something very, very American. It's it's always been a very acerbic, um, you know, kind of counter commentary on kind of American, popular culture you know los santos and liberty city kind of like hold up this kind of mirror to you know the the real world versions of themselves in new york and la and that's that's part of the delightfulness of it so i don't know i get this sense it will probably stay in america but maybe you know again let's let's open up a different city let's go somewhere we Mm -hmm. haven't seen before rather than back to familiar territory i think that's the most fun conversation you can have about
0: gta is like where is the setting and everybody has their dream preferred setting and you kind of have like well the roadmap map since three when it you know it's become the gigantic pop culture icon has always been in america right and so do we do that again where do they go it's it's fun to think about but another wild one to think about gary and something that you've done before of course gta role playing but gta online what do you do with gta online do we cut the servers and make you restart do you somehow migrate everybody to a new map and say hey Welcome to Grand Theft Auto 6 Online. You're just same character, same amount of money, same cars, but you're in the new world. Or will we cut ties with GTA Online? How hard is that going to be?
2: Well, they're going to want to make sure that they preserve what they already have with GTA Online, right? Which is a big, you know, money spinner. They have a a lot of of players that play there every day. They make a lot of money doing it. They're not going to want to you know, upset the Apple cart. So maybe it'll end maybe GTA Online will end up kind of being like their war zone, right? Like where there's like more yeah. new games that come out. Not not at the same frequency of, of Call of Duty games. Um, but you know, the the online version is the thing that persists. Maybe they'll give it some kind of upgrade. Maybe they'll transition people over to a new thing. It's it's really, really hard to say. But I, I imagine that as Rockstar are planning the launch of GTA six, how that is going to interact with the future of, of, of GTA Online and what does that mean is, is, going, to, is going to be a big part of their, their planning. So it'll be interesting to see what they do come up with.
0: Do you think that, you know, you're a World of Warcraft guy, Gary, and you probably would know this well of like, do you think they could keep GTA Online in San Andreas and maybe make a new map where you travel to, but would you worry about the player base picking and choosing which map is better? You know, you don't want to leave the original or... Hey, the new ones, new, fresh, and cool. We're never going back to the old school spots. Like, do you see them doing a two-map situation?
2: It's really, again, it's really, really hard to say. Again, again I feel like they're going to want to keep the people that are already playing GTA and who know the map, you know, in GTA Online, who already know, already know Los Santos backwards and front. They're probably going to want to keep those people going. Maybe maybe there'll be two versions of it. Maybe there'll be, there'll be like the Los Santos. Uh, GTA Online. Maybe the new GTA Online is attached to whatever the new location for GTA Six is, and maybe there'll be the ability to kind of jump between the two. Maybe they'll just expand it where GTA Online is now two massive different cities, and there's uh, you can move between them. There's all kinds of technical infrastructure, networking questions regarding that, creative questions, game design questions. It's it's going to be a big task because you know the 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 thing about GTA is it's there's a lot i remember because i worked on star wars i know this when you're working on something that is so valuable and is looked at by so many people it's a big responsibility to you know to move it into the next chapter because you want to you want to evolve it you want to contribute something to it but you don't want to break what you've inherited right you don't you don't want to spoil it and and that's that's the risk you take every time you do something new well exciting we now know it's underway
0: officially And uh, we will patiently await what Rockstar does next. Let's take a moment and hear a word from our sponsors.
1: This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. If you've been listening to any kind of funny podcast, you know that we absolutely love using DoorDash. It's so great. It's so simple to just be able to order whatever food we want and then have it delivered right to our house, along with the restaurants you love. You can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. You can get some drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. Uh, With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos. We're always talking about Volcano Curry in San Francisco, of course. uh, Ordering is easy, and your items will be left outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop-off whether it is the local favorites or the nationwide chains like things like Popeye's Cheesecake Factory all of that for a limited time y'all can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code KINDA funny that's 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code kinda funny don't forget that's code kinda funny for 25% off your first order with DoorDash subject to change terms apply
0: all right Gary welcome back i got a fun one for you and uh, as Xbox gamers we know and love this studio but maybe it might be time to say goodbye question mark maybe not let's talk about it because PlayStation Acquires Bungie for $3.6 billion, Gary, this week. So, another big one with a B, and of course, B for Bungie as well, which is near and dear to all of our hearts. But let's read directly from the PS blog from Jim Ryan. He's going to have two for you. Today, I am happy to announce Bungie will be joining the PlayStation family. First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi platform studio and publisher. As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studio organization, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between these two world-class groups. I've spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie Management team to develop the right relationships where they will be fully backed and supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment and enabled to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate millions of people. Gary, Bungie going to PlayStation. But there's a catch. They're still going to stay multi-platform. So how do you feel about this acquisition? You know, it's acquisition season. students going left and right and center.
2: But Bungie, near and dear to all of our hearts as the Xbox family. What do you think about them going to the other side? It's another big acquisition, another big consolidation. When you think about it, it isn't anywhere near as big as the Activision one. In terms of money spent, was it like they spent a 20th? a 20th of what microsoft spent on activision blizzard and that reflects you know obviously activision blizzard has a much larger uh, portfolio bungie really is just going to like destiny incorporated at this point but that but we all know that that's not all it's ever going to be i'm sure bungie've got i already know what the next game they want and the next big thing is and the next big thing after that um uh and and destiny itself obviously is is continues to be hugely Successful. I, my my good friend Michael Pactor I saw in the week was was saying that he thinks Sony overpaid. Um, I, oh, I like wow. Michael a lot, but I, I I don't agree. I think when you think about what it, and they, they and they made a point of talking about this when you think about what they've bought. Um, he even heard this story about these crazy kind of million dollar retention bonuses that Sony's been throwing around to Bungie employees because they want people to stay at the company. They didn't just buy Destiny, although that is a tremendously valuable brand that will continue to be valuable for years. Destiny's going to be around for years. Um, they bought. You know, a massive studio with a ton of talented people who have very, very specific institutional knowledge, which you know is specific to running live service games. And that's something that Sony um don't have a lot of strength in. We I was talking to Greg about this on KFGD earlier this week. Sony, when it comes to like the single player narrative experiences, they kill it, right? Last of Us, Uncharted, Horizon. Um, there's just there's others I'm not even I'm blanking on not even thinking about right now but there's like there's you know Spider Man right all the Insomniac stuff they're so they're so good at this like those big uh, single player cinematic story based experiences that don't necessarily have like much in the way of a kind of an online backend uh, they crush God of War like again they they keep coming to me right they 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 crush it uh, but where they haven't had a ton of success. Is in that live service universe where a lot, a lot of companies want to get into that. They know there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow if they can get that right. Bungie's demonstrated it as possible because they got it right with Destiny. Um, and I said to Greg earlier this week, like, if I were looking to get into the live service video game business, I'm like, who can we just buy who, like, yeah. basically turns this into a turnkey operation for us? Like, who has the, like, who knows the most, who has had the most success and the most experience making these kind of big, ambitious live service type games? Yeah, it's, it's Bungie. So it makes, for me, it makes a lot of sense if that's an area that Sony wants to move into. Um, and they're inheriting all, all of this expertise, again, plus whatever Bungie wants to do now. You know, whatever game Bungie announces next is going to be a huge deal. Destiny 3, I'm sure at some point we'll see that. Um, there is, you know, there obviously is a question in the same, you know, we were all like kind of laughing and joking about, you know, Call of Duty uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you know, what are Sony fans going to do if Call of Duty comes? to Xbox exclusively well, the shoes on the other foot this week, right? If you're a Destiny yeah. fan and an Xbox player, you might be worried that maybe Destiny 3 might not be coming to your platform. And Sony, Sony made a lot of representations about it's going to stay multi-platform. Again, I felt like the language was just, you know, vague enough that there's mm-hmm. some wiggle room. It's nothing, nothing was really like, you know, there weren't any like ironclad commitments. Like he didn't come out and say the next Destiny game will be on the Xbox, don't worry about it. Like they're they're keeping their powder dry. On that one i think destiny 2 there'll continue to be more expansions for that i think that will continue to be uh multi-platform when the next get when destiny 3 and or whatever the next you know bungie mega game is whether or not that's fully available on the xbox i to me that's still up in the air i don't know what sony's gonna do you know gary we talk about bungie and you
0: talk about them killing the live service game right and bungie has been absolutely crushing it with destiny 1 and Destiny Two what are they gaining from this acquisition you know they're they're going over to playstation what do you think of the kind of things that they're gaining there was a lot of conversation of course as staying self-published and multi-platform if they choose to be then on the flip side there was conversations about maybe leveraging stony to help them expand what they want to see with destiny maybe in the movies and television route television routes is like is that something that what really is Bungie walking away from in a positive note here selling themselves to that?
2: I mean, it's interesting with Bungie in particular because this is a company that is very well known for always wanting to kind of assert its own destiny, no pun intended, mm-hmm. and its own independence, right? Bungie was originally the internal Halo team at Microsoft, right? They were the guys that made oh no, so not in-house, but they, you know, they 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 were the they were Microsoft's Bungie team. They, they were Microsoft's Xbox team, right? and then but they wanted to be independent they didn't want to just be the studio that was constantly cranking out halo games for microsoft so they went off and did their own thing and and that's how we got 343 to come in and replace them next thing you know you know they're they're all tied up with activision blizzard and then they got out of that. They didn't want to be doing that anymore either. So at every turn, Bungie's always seemed to kind of made made these representations that they prefer to be independent. They didn't necessarily want to be under some bigger corporate umbrella. And so, in that regard, it's kind of surprising that they've decided now they now want to be kind of wholly owned by Sony. So what what is it? What is in it for them? Well, obviously, a lot of money, right? Yeah. For the, the the principles of the company, I'm sure are a lot, lot, lot richer uh, this week. And uh, with probably some really, really good financial incentives and all kinds of stuff going going forward, probably Sony, Stark, all kinds of stuff. And then again, I'm sure you saw this story about—I um, don't know exactly how far it goes—but like a lot, you know, even the kind of rank and file employees be, are being paid these uh, million-dollar retention bonuses to stay with the company. So, you know, if you come to—if I run a, a big gaming studio and Sony comes in and says we're going to buy you—and part—and and, and part of that is basically everyone who works at the studio is going to become a millionaire. Like, how do you say no to that? How do you say no to that? Gary, that's a sweet deal right there if that's what you're selling is right. Okay. So well. I, I, it, may, it seems to make sense for everyone right now. Again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, bigger picture conversation out there about, you know, when the dust settles, there's only going to be two or three companies left and they'll own everything and it's not going to be good for consumer choice or, you know, competitiveness. And, you know, and may, maybe that will, uh, may, maybe that's true. You know, we could be getting closer, to, closer and closer to that. But for right now, Again, just like with the Activision Blizzard deal, it's too big and it's too new to have any kind of sensible prediction about what this means down the road. It's going to take a couple of years uh, for for things to fall into place and to start to see, like, okay, I get it now. This is what Bungie is doing now under Sony's ownership, or this is what Activision Blizzard King is doing under Microsoft's ownership. The the, the picture will come into focus not in weeks, not in months, but in years to come. We'll, We'll start to fully understand what it all means.
0: Yeah, it'll be really exciting to see. And, of course, Bungie, the creators of Halo. But let's talk more Halo. Let's segue over to a tweet from our good friend Joe Staten over with the 343 team. He wrote this week, Hey, folks, in November, I said we'd have a Halo Infinite update on our seasonal roadmap, co-op, and forge in January. We need more time to finalize our plans, so what what we share is something you can rely on this work is my top priority and we'll have an update as soon as we can so big joe over at 343 letting us know that that seasonal roadmap will be a little bit later than expected they're working on it where do you fall gary you are the casual halo player where do you fall are you still engaged with halo have you fallen off halo completely will big joe and the team sell you with a roadmap of content
2: that will get you back and re-engaged in this i wasn't Casual when it first came out, Mike, I was obsessed. I was playing it every single night of the week and my lunch hour, like anytime I could get on and play, I was playing. I was loving every minute of it. Um, and then something happened. I don't know, like life got in the way and I just kind of like put the controller down one day and like, like it's, you know, I just, I didn't come back. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm, I'm like that. Oftentimes like I get really, I get the bit between my teeth or something. And I'm really, 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 really into it. And then like, I just lose interest. Like I just, I'm just done but i have but i have heard i've been continuing to follow you know what's happening and um you know the back and forth you know like uh, with big team battle and stuff that's happening there and you know the ongoing conversation about the cosmetics and season pass and microtransactions and i know that there's a lot has changed behind the scenes so if i if i, if I were to jump back into halo now having not played for probably at least six six seven weeks i'd probably oh shit, they changed this they changed that because i'm not seeing the changes you know every day as they come in I, i'm going to see like six seven weeks where the changes in terms of the maps the balancing all the other you know tweaks that they've been that they've been making then they just introduced like a whole new mode there's a whole bunch of stuff that's been in there since i last played yeah during so, some of the seasonal updates they had a couple of new modes that we got to try but of course they weren't
0: permanent some some stayed but not uh, the new attrition mode you're thinking of
2: right 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 so there's you know there, there's 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 a lot going on with it. i do i do want to jump on and 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 play it again i want i kind of want to see how it's evolved the problem that i had with it Mike, you remember this at the time is like i was i it, like the game creates this illusion of me enjoying it whereas actually all it's really doing is making me angry because you know mm-hmm. i I'm, no, I'm never as good as i want to be at it and when i get a kill i'm really happy but like, i always get i always feel like i end up in like oh god yeah, it's, it's another three on one like as soon as i get a guy in a situation i think i can kill this guy two of his friends show up just the right time and kill me like, i always feel like i just i'm always like at the wrong end of the luck equation in that game and you ask anyone in halo they all feel the same thing right everyone kind of was oh yeah i'm the unlucky one in this game it obviously doesn't work out that way um but i I really really enjoyed it and i should honestly i i enjoyed particularly playing online with friends i should pick it up and get back into it
0: okay and what are some of the things that you want out of the halo experience gary like what are you looking forward down to down the line we think about co-op we think about forge is there something else on the multiplayer side that you're really looking for that might help you re-engage with it
2: i still would like to see what a br would look like don't you wouldn't you want to wouldn't you want to see that i know we talked gary a lot would. about like maybe they don't maybe they don't need it you know they're doing fine without it but i don't know i would i would like i i would like to see it
0: well gary i have some news for you coming from our friend jez cordon over at windows central gaming he writes certain affinity is working on a new halo infinite game mode so the article goes I revealed on my Xbox 2 podcast that Certain Affinity may be working on a new multiplayer mode for Halo Infinite, according to trusted sources familiar with Certain Affinity and 343 Industries plans. It seems that the new mode is codenamed Tatanka, could be several months out at this point and is designed to be, quote, newcomer friendly, end quote, experience that isn't as demanding competitively than existing multiplayer modes, Big Team Battle and Arena. It also intended to entice users who typically aren't interested in Halo, potentially targeted gamers on Fortnite, Call of Duty Warzone and Apex Legends. Depending on your interpretation of newcomer friendly, that could potentially point to a PvE style experience like Gears of War Horde mode, or perhaps something like Halo 5's PvP, PvE Warzone, where players fought in chaotic battles against both enemy AI and players. One can also speculate that it's the goal to bring the newcomers to the Halo franchise may point to a Battle Royale-like mode. Gary, now a new mode like this, newcomer-friendly. You talk about BR, you would like to see a BR in the Halo world. Is this going to be the BR world?
2: Well, it's interesting that the three games they cited were all, were all BRs, right? Apex, Fortnite, and Warzone. So I, I, I do think it's low-hanging fruit if they, if they can get it right. I mean, I'm sure they've looked at it. If they, if they don't do it, it's because they've looked at it internally and, and figured that it's not like something about this just is not compatible with like the Halo style or whatever. I don't know. But if they can do it, they're going to do it. And I, I still th- I think my prediction is there will be a Halo Battle Royale at some point in the future. I don't know if it might, okay. might not be this year, but I do think we'll see one at some point. But the other options you threw out there are interesting as well, like PVE horde mode is, is interesting as well. You know, you, know, you know how much I love doing those uh, Gears of War horde modes Bring that to bring that to Halo too. I would love that. Let's just go fight the Flood. Flood would be yeah. perfect for that. I mean, Gary, we saw Fire t- or Fire, is it Fire
0: Team or Firefight? Firefight Fight back in the day, I believe. And that was the horde mode within Halo that you got to do. That was PvE. And then that evolved into what that war zone was, which was Halo five and four, which is like this massive scale PvP big team battle, but it's mixed with different points on the map that are filled with like big AI generated monsters that you would take. control and for points but the issue with that mode really became like loot boxes and like randomly drawn cards for guns and vehicles that just became one of those where like nobody wanted that anymore right so it is interesting but for me gary i'll still go back to it i think the battle royale is the answer i think that's what the new age gamer wants it's clearly proven uh we've done great with the team arena it's very good it is super fun but it is sweaty as can be and it's yeah. just
2: not as welcoming as opposed to a BR where
0: it's the hotness.
2: And there's nothing about Halo and its essential kind of mechanics and the way it works as a shooter that suggests like, oh, that yeah, I, I don't know how that would map onto BR. Like, there's no, there isn't. Like, it seems like it should just work, right? Why wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it, Gary? Is right. That's a great question. So it's something we'll keep our eye
0: on. Shout out to Jez, friend of the show, for uh, that one revealing it over on his Xbox Two podcast. One of my favorites, right there. But we'll keep an eye on certain affinity because microsoft has also teamed up with them for another project that we talked about last week so certain affinity doing some things here in the xbox world as usual but halo or uh sticking with halo i have one more for you did you get to watch the halo tv series official trailer
2: i did i happened to be watching the oh. uh, the, the, the play actually it wasn't expected i happened to be watching the playoff game when it popped so i did i did see it um, and I thought it looked, it looked good. It looked, you know, very slick. It looked like they spent money, right? It looks good. Yes. You know, master chief doesn't look like, you know, some guy walking around at comic-con. He looks like the real <laughs> master chief, right? They, they spent the money. I saw some people weren't thrilled, um, with, uh, the new look Cortana. That was the only thing I saw people really complaining about. And maybe, and also the fact that it's not, they're not, and I, I think this is the right creative choice. They're not just retelling, the canonical story that you already know from the games. It's the same universe, yes. the same characters, but kind of remixed into a new version of the story. And I think that's that's the right approach. So I'm optimistic about it. I actually think it has the potential to be, to be good. I don't know. What did you think?
0: Yeah, Gary, I, I, I'm a little, I'm cautiously optimistic right now. So there's a couple of goods that I really, really dug, right? I like the weapons. I do like the Spartan armor. I thought that looked good. I liked the first covenant we saw with the energy sword that I'm going to interpret as Arby, the Arbiter, I don't know maybe, but on the flip side, the other two covenant, I didn't really like the look during that sword fight with Chief I loved the shield reflecting with the sword swipe, but I did not like the look of these covenants so I'm a little worried with that, that's why I think I have that uh, cautious optimism right now going on, but it is interesting Gary, because I wanted to ask you, this isn't going to be the normal halo canon story that we know, right? This isn't chief on the first halo. This isn't halo two, halo three. This is the silver timeline they're dubbing it. And you're a Hollywood guy. You know what it's like to go into a big billion dollar IP and kind of write a story in there. What is that like for this writing team over on the other side to take pieces from the canon, but also make their own and
2: make their own kind of timeline going on? Is that a difficult thing to do? I think I think creatively, like i said it's I think it's the right choice because if you just you know inherit everything that was done before for the people that for the for the fans that are going to come to this who are big halo fans who know every beat of the halo story as told through the games, there's not going to be any you know surprises or anything new for them right they're just kind of feeling like yeah this is this is great this yeah, I remember when that when that happened in the games I remember when that this happened in the games, I think what they're doing is is the more. You know, mature approach to adaptation, which is rather than worry about kind of slavish fidelity to the original and saying, "Well, this has got to be exactly the same because it was this way in the games." I think that's too creatively restricting. Is to just kind of put all the pieces on the table and say, "Well, look, we have Master Chief, we have Halsey, we have Katana, we have the US, uh, the UNSC, we have the Covenant, we have all these, you know, we have the Halo rings, we have the whole mystery behind those, we have all these elements. Um, how do we, how do we take these, these iconic?" characters and and story strands and mythology and how do we kind of remix it into something that feels both familiar to uh halo fans but also fresh at the same time and also how do you how do you create a show that is accessible both to halo fans and to people who have never really heard or know much about halo like a lot a lot of people that will be watching the show will be people who I don't know anything about Master Chief, and I'm being introduced to this to this story in this world for the first time. You got to you've got to please them too, so it's a bit it's a big challenge when you undertake um, adapting a story like this, especially when there is so much uh, chronology and so much canon material. Again, it's nice to have the luxury to kind of to look at everything that is you know put it all up on the wall. Okay, we have a million different storylines from the novels, the video games, the other adaptations that were done. Like what do what do we want to cherry pick? Uh, and how do we, and how do we weave that into something new? You know, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the opportunity. I think how
0: hard is it to sell the diehard fans on that Gary? I think we see a lot of reception about Cortana and the look, this or that. And it's a lot of the hardcore fans, maybe wanting that true story, wanting what they want. How hard is it to like win them over? Is that a
2: difficult task? I think, first of all, you just have to accept that you're never going to please everybody. You know, the, the Halo fan base, like any fan base, is not a monolithic thing, right? They don't all think with one mind, right? If you think about, like, Star Wars or... It's like Star Wars fans fight with each other all the time over, like, what constitutes good Star Wars or bad Star Wars. And Halo fans, you know, just like any other fan base. Like, some people like some things more than others. So there's never going to be one, like, magic bullet approach to this where, like, the Halo fan base all kind of like comes together on one and says yes we all like what you did that's never going to happen so you know all you can do is try and make you know try and tell the best story you can try to you know to, you know honor the 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 franchise the the kind of the the footsteps sorry the the shoulders that you're that you're um that you're standing on the footsteps that you're following in and but again try not to for me, what I was always told, and this is not just of adaptations, but the kind of writing in, in general and filmmaking all going kind of stuff, is like, don't try to second guess the audience. Don't try to worry too much about what they want to see. Like, what does the audience want to see here? How do we please the audience? Just go with your own instincts and do what you want to see. Like when I worked on Star Wars, I wrote the story that as a Star Wars fan, I would want to see. And that way, you know, you're coming from a true, true and authentic place. And after that, all you can do is hope that there are enough other people out there, other fans that agree with you that that is, you know that that makes good Star Wars or good Halo storytelling. And uh, again, not just not not try to second guess yourself too much in terms of thinking about oh, will the audience like this? What do they think? What what do you like? You're the creator of this thing. You're the one writing or making it. What do you want to see? Go trust your instincts on that, and that's really all you can do.
0: Well, we're about to find out, Gary, because it comes out March twenty fourth. 2022 on paramount plus so about a month away here and you got a full two minute trailer to dissect and enjoy for all the halo fans out there let's wrap up the show with some big game pass news gary of course it's a brand new month so we got some new game pass entries and we have a big time returners that you're going to want to know about so for the month of february being added right now you have contrast which is coming to cloud and console that's compulsion games First game ever so if you'd like to go check that out from that studio under the microsoft umbrella that's a good one dreamscapers coming to cloud console and pc telling lies is coming to cloud console and pc out on february 10th besiege and then crossfire x is the big one gary that Mm -hmm. you and i are going to circle and talk about the write-up says play the first crossfire x single player campaign operation catalyst developed in partnership With remedy entertainment so that's the
2: big one right there yeah yeah february 10th gary you and i will have our eyes on that remedy is the part of that that makes you lean forward right so that's Mm -hmm. that's what we're interested in uh moving
0: on edge of eternity coming to cloud console and pc um then skull the hero slayer cloud console and pc and then finally the last kids on earth and the staff of doom cloud console and pc and then out on february 14th Ark, Ultimate Survivor Edition, and Infernix leaving on February 15th. So make sure to get your gaming in. And here's a good one for you, Gary. Leaving on February 15th, Control, Code Vane, Final Fantasy 12 The Zodiac Age, The Medium, Project Winter, and The Falconeer. So all a bunch of good games worth their time to go try. But Control and Code Vein leaving the game pass subscription you might want to jump on those right away.
2: i was going to say i wonder microsoft will obviously know. i wonder if they see like the player numbers on these games like, after they announce that a game's about to get sunsetted out of game pass i bet you they see a bunch of uh, activity go up right because people mm. want to get in there before the game goes away they want to get a chance to play it before it's gone yeah i mean you know it, it was always our goal you and i gary and paris on the show
0: to make sure people knew what was coming in but we also wanted to make sure you knew what was leaving right because sometimes these games leave and if you're not reading the updates if you're not in the know sometimes you might just miss out on a great opportunity to play control or code game just as important to know what's leaving as what's coming in for sure uh so here's a big one coming back gary with a mlb the show returns to xbox this spring and guess what will also be day one on game pass so we'll be available on xbox game pass at launch april 5th for xbox series x and s xbox one And with Xbox cloud gaming beta ultimate members will have access to it on PC and mobile devices. And I had Roger bring it up. This is actually the creator of Afro samurai illustrated cover athlete, Shohei Yotani for MLB, the show 2022. So let's first talk about the cover since it's on here, Gary, look at how dope this cover is right here.
2: Yeah, it looks great. It looks very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, look at this. Eighty-four eighty-four dollars and ninety-nine cents. I've never for the MVP edition, I've never been happier about Game Pass. Whoo, right? Yeah, you've never and been. And of course happier. you don't get the usually when a game's on Game Pass, you don't get like the Platinum edition, right? You get probably the the, well, the $60, $70 version. Yeah, but it's a base game also launching on Game Pass. It says it, it says it right there, courtesy of the great Wario sixty-four. What would what would we do without him? Um it's nice to know, because you know, you remember how how this was uh last year when MLB when when we got the news that MLB 21, a, a game series that has traditionally always been associated with PlayStation, first and foremost, yep. uh, was coming not just to Xbox and not just day one, but on Game Pass. Like we actually got a better deal than the Sony gamers on that one. I, I was thinking this has got to be a fluke, right? This is a one-off, right? This is not gonna be like the new normal. But here it is again, like 22 day one Game Pass. This is the new normal. So um it's it's great. I really enjoyed uh uh, uh, the last one when it came out last year, I would again, another yeah. games that I would not have bought, but I but I played it because it was on Game Pass and really really enjoyed it. And I'll play this one too. You know it Gary? I love the new normal with an awesome baseball sim on Xbox,
0: and for it to also be part of Game Pass is a huge win and a great way to get the player base continuing to jump back into this awesome, incredible sim. So, thank you to Xbox, thank you to MLB, and of course, PlayStation Studios for making a great game and making it all possible. Finally coming to Game Pass, which was announced, Gary, and this is one to have on your radar. The creators of Two Point Hospital, their sequel, Two Point Campus, is coming to Xbox Game Pass as well on May 17th, 2022 for Xbox consoles. So a really exciting sim out there. If you haven't played Two Point Hospital, Two Point Campus is going to be a ton of fun. And for that to come into the Game Pass library in May, really bolstering up that spring, That Q one Q two lineup that you and I talked about, right? We continue to see that third party elevation since you know the first party games might not be
2: there. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I was really enjoyed Two Point Hospital. You know, obviously heavily reminiscent of theme um, theme hospital back in the day and theme park and all those kind of games. Yes uh there's great kind of the great old peter Molyneux games that kind of started that that genre and railroad ties ty- so roller coaster tycoon and we love these kind of builder tycoon type games and two-point hospital was a ton of fun definitely had that kind of old you know bullfrog uh sense of kind of wacky humor and uh um, you could go into a university campus next seems like it was like a perfect setting for the next one so i'll keep an eye out for that gary Witter, i want to end the show with some fun
0: for you and i of okay. course at the beginning of the new year you, I, and Paris took on the challenge from the PSI Love You My XOXO God. team here at Kind of Funny to host the first ever throwdown challenge for the Fantasy Critic draft. And yeah. we drafted games. We're one month in, and I want to do a little check in with you and I. We're going to do it with Paris as well, but we'll check in with him soon of just seeing where our games are at, where our minds are at as we yep. continue forward yep. with this year long challenge between us and the other team over on the other side. And so, Gary, let's kick off right now with you and I, since we're here. Gary Whitta, you are now at minus fifteen points. Yeah, I'm not your, doing great. Your I, counter pick of yeah. um, of Pokemon, Pokemon bit yeah. us in the butt. We didn't yeah. think Pokemon we got that was wrong. Yeah, like it did. But guess what, Gary? You have a positive because
2: Horizon Forbidden West comes out here in the next two weeks. Yeah. And you we should know, be on the upswing. Which we know is gonna that's going to be a banger. But Pokemon, which um, I thought could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it turns out, pe- people do really like it. It's reviewing. Seems like it's reviewing very well. Um, and then the other one where I took a big hit, Mike, uh, was you know I, I also I also bet on uh, one of my other picks was um, uh, Suicide Squad. You've and bet Suicide Squad. Your we your remember, we remember during the uh, during the draft, we talked a lot about how you need to think in this day and age of games constantly being delayed and slipping. You need to think not just about is this game going to review well but like in what year is it going to review well Mm, Uh, because so many you know we talked about you know any game that is kind of coming towards the end of the year the closer you get to the end of the year the more chance it might slip out of the calendar year um suicide suicide squad has been been the first major cal didn't just slip but slipped all the way out of 2022 so that's i've had a terrible start to this draft mike well let's talk about the good things here
0: gary right along with horizon the cool part is is now that this is confirmed to be pushed to 2023 you can drop this game so you're going to get zero penalty oh good and positive is is you will be able to pick up a new game in its place so that's a big positive i'm going to throw that game away like a parking here. ticket gran turismo seven just had its state of play it looks good it's coming out very very soon and kirby the forgotten lance is coming out very so very I'm soon. You I, so I still sword. think that's my
2: dark horse is kirby the forgotten K- lance coming up here
0: in march i believe gary so i you know you got three out of your you know six or seven right now off the jump that are ready to review and kind of get you out of the negative points yeah is yeah I, need, I
2: i need, i need i need horizon forbidden west to come in and perform well it's going to right can you mm-hmm. imagine if forbidden west came out and like was a dog Just and people go, eh, that, that ain't happening come on oh we're, no we're,
0: way gary no way we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're
2: gonna be good on horizon we got we
0: got that one on lock Let's take a look over at our dude, Mr. Paris, vicious in the 696 games. Paris right now on a qu- nice pickup for only a dollar. He picked up Nobody Saves the World, Gary, which I got to mm-hmm. play a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago and really enjoyed. That got him 11 points. So Paris is in the money right now with his first pickup. Then we scroll up to me, EA Sports Big, Snowbike Mike. I took a hit here, Gary Witta. I really loved what I played with Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction. I thought, yo... This is an 80 plus game, right? This game is going to review well because I think it's good. And I went with my heart, Gary. And I think I learned a valuable lesson that day that I got two points on a 72. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Okay. Maybe I took a hit right there. And that one really hurt me, Gary. That one hurt me deep.
2: Yeah. The Tom Clancy ones, uh, you know, the the Tom Clancy franchise, right, is such a, a wild ride to take in terms of yeah. you know betting on the next game you know because you know it, it, it's it's a very storied franchise you know over the year the original rainbow six games vegas the splinter cell franchise there's so many cool things going on in games with the uh, with the with the tom clancy name on it. And of course rainbow six siege is just i mean that's their powerhouse right that's that's the the, the their franchise the division love the division i love both of those games but then, you know, Ghost Recon Wildlands, you know, the Ghost Recon franchise has kind of gone uh, down the toilet. Splinter yeah. Cell, you know, are they making a new one? I guess they they are. They might like be. A, they said, yeah, we'll who see. Who knows? Maybe a remaster <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, will believe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, X Defiant, like that's Ooh. that looks like a mess. You know, I, 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 a lot of people are freaking out about X Defiant. And extra- I here's want to go back to the extraction conversation because I it was interesting. Like a lot of people were going, well, what what there's aliens now? This isn't Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's all about, you know, grounded and this is real and you know, kind of political thrillers and stuff. And I've read all the Tom Clancy books. I love all that shit. I love the movies. I'm really into the whole Tom Clancy universe. It's like part of the reason why I like the games. I don't mind at all them kind of putting one foot in the sci-fi realm, as long as they keep the other foot in the grounded realm. And I feel like that's mm. what they did with this game, even though they introduced aliens to, you know, the Rainbow Six universe, it still felt like a very, it's still, it's still the Rainbow organization, right? It's still a team of, you know, kind of modern day kind of crack military experts from around the world. It still feels like it's set in the Tom Clancy universe, but you know, now there are aliens uh, running around and the whole yellow and black aesthetic of it, like it just has a very cool vibe. And I I, I thought that, I thought that they, they, I, I thought that they succeeded in taking that first step into you know something a little more sci-fi but without without losing the tom clancy flavor in, in that regard I thought they 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 were successful.
0: Gary it has incredible first person shooting mechanics it is fun solo or with a team yeah. awesome sound design great re- re- great replayability it has fun leveling right there right you have 12 different maps with three different zones within each map which yeah. is just a lot to play Multiple different game modes. Like I thought this was gonna smack. I thought it was gonna be eighty plus. I got hit with a two for seventy two. So now I turn my attention to my next upcoming games. Right, I have Total War, Warhammer three, and Destiny to the Witch Queen. Right, I need these two games here in this month to like pick me up. I which, need a which, to which one of those? Up. Which
2: which one of those two do you feel better about?
0: Destiny the Witch Queen because it's just mass populace, but. I feel really good about Warhammer 3 because there's a big following about that. I think the reviewers will be different from a Destiny 2, which is like a big mass populist game to a Total War Warhammer 3, which is more of a like, hey, this is that subject that, you know, only you know about, you're going to review it in a different light than that one. So I'm hoping Gary, my mind, I'm getting 16 points plus for both of these they're going 86 right. and above for both of these all
2: the right what I mean, warhammer i think honestly is a coin flip i think it could go either way oh don't two, say that gary destiny 2 is a very safe bet i mean the last few major expansions that bungie has done for destiny 2 have been very well received right? i feel like they've yeah. they, they've got it down at this point right they know they, i feel like they know what they're doing the chances of Blunt bungie making a major misstep with the next big destiny expansion it's, it seems unlikely i think they, they'll probably do it again My biggest worry
0: is not the quality that Destiny will put out, is people will look at it and maybe judge it harder due to the quantity. How much is added? What is the breadth of this DLC, right? I think everybody really enjoys them, and we've had really big ones, the kind of minor ones, and I worry that the only way that this one doesn't score well is if this thing gets smacked with, oh, it's just not enough. It's too light. It's content light. That would be my biggest worry.
2: That's and it goes back to where we first started the conversation with 500 hour games and in the single player realm. Yeah, I, I personally do think the 500 hours is like that's like, what you're trying to tell me. That's a positive. It sounds awful. 500 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very different equation on the in the live service realm. Right. right where the where the challenge is constantly keeping your player base content with content, right? They they need to have enough to do. Like every expansion that comes out, whether it be Warcraft or Destiny or whatever next big, you know, thing they push, the high end, you know, squads and guilds or whatever of, like, you know, they've done it in the, you know, you know, in the first few days, right? They, they they go and crush it. It's a race to be everybody wants that that you know, the round or the server first or they want the medal for being the first, you know, team to to take down a big raid boss or whatever. So everyone rushes to kind of tear through the content. And, you know, it takes some, you know, couple of years to make this content and then some players are like okay a week later what else you got we did that you know and so it's a constant arms race between the developers and the players to you know just keep them provided with enough content that you know they every every day every week they log on this there's, there's something for them to do and there's always going to be a loot grind there's always going to be repetition there's always going to be that cycle right it's the only way you can you can possibly kind of keep players busy without having to make something new all day every day. Um, but again, I think, I think Bungie, probably more than any other team out there right now, has the most knowledge and has accrued the most experience over the years in terms of this. is yeah we, We're pretty good at knowing how to keep our, our players happy at this point. We I mean, I don't get everything right. There's going to be plenty of people grumbling about you know, 100 different things in the new Destiny update that we're discussing. Um, but for the most part, I feel like they, they, they know what they're doing at this point. An exciting one gary you and i will continue
0: to keep eyes on that and for all of our viewers and listeners out there if you got some good tips some insider knowledge on some great picks throughout the year for me gary and paris to go win this thing for us the xbox group here at kind of funny you let us know in the comments hit me up on social media and we'll go from there but gary it's been a great time hanging out
2: with you kicking yep. it throughout. Well, who the needs podcast. paris
0: I miss Paris, but we had a great time,
2: Gary. No, we Paris is work. great. We, 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 know, we, we know it's only a matter you know, you, two, you, you, you and I will be here forever as we watch our co-hosts go on to bigger and better yep, things. Yep. Alana already left us in the dust long ago. It's only a matter of time before Paris big times us and goes on to whatever the next, you know, big thing in his career is. But um, as long as you and I are here, we'll always, we'll always have each other to talk to. You know it, Gary? There's nothing better than hanging out with you on a Friday evening. I wish we
0: could get some pizza slices oh and God. just kick it. Maybe when we get into the kind of funny studio, you and I on a podcast like this, we just I look get forward some pizza. To it. We, yeah, you know, we have some fun. Yeah. But uh, that is the end of the kind of funny X cast for this week. So go out there, gamers, play a bunch of games, have fun in dying light, go do some dope parkour stuff, and we'll see you back here next week. See ya.